The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stand or reflect those of this station or its management. Bringing you controversy at its best with uncensored music, comedy, and political discussion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Outlaw Radio for the 10th of October, 2020. I'm your host, Bad Billy. And what a show we have coming up for you. In just a little bit, I'm going to be joined by Julian Jorgensen of the band Rev Theory. And if you don't know who they are, well, fucking shame on you. (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, Rev Theory, if you remember them, they're the ones uh, who sang the uh, song for uh, Randy Orton's uh, WWE theme. Yes, and they sang some other great songs, too, and we're going we're gonna to have a lot to talk about there. Uh, later on in the show, I'm going to have Crime Stories with Craig the Hawk Montgomery, and we're going to be discussing more on the op- opiate crisis uh, that is uh, affecting uh, our society today. But before we get to any of that, I want to cue one of the latest songs by Rev Theory. This is called Remember Me. And I'll be back with Julian right after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out. It's Outlaw Radio.
Hey there, Thrill Seeker, rocking out to the station. I hear you. You're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah, blah drink in a can or bottle. One that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey. The best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all-natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cock's blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be an herbal heaven. Cold Cock Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cock Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cock Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there who need practical advice. And yes, I'm talking about you. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. If you start a facility to help children with ADHD, you probably shouldn't call it a concentration camp. Ooh, is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Room three, please disrobe. Freedom of speech which means no one, no one, no one can stop you. Stop you. Can stop you from expressing your thoughts, sharing your feelings, speaking your mind. I can say whatever I want, whatever I feel, whatever needs to be said. That's what freedom of speech means to me. To me. To me. To, to us. us. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, McCormick Foundation, and this station. First, there was Cranked Up Live. This is Cranked Up Live. Then, Cranked Up went Country. Today's best and tomorrow's greats. Cranked Up Country. Now, Cranked Up Live is back. This is a sizzling hot podcast. Cranked Up Live. Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington will keep you listening, keep you laughing, and keep you coming back for more. Convicted felons will no longer be called convicted felons. Do you know what they want to call them, Curtis? <laughs> no Justice-involved individuals is what they renamed them. Listen and download the podcasts at crankeduplive.com. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankeduplive. Cranked Up Live. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have just heard Remember Me by Rev Theory, and it is my pleasure to welcome Julian Jorgensen of Rev Theory to the show. Julian, how you doing, brother? Brother, what an intro. What a great song uh, you got there for Outlaw. That's <laughs> yes. great. Hey, damn good song. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Is, that, is, this, is, this, is this for country? I guess heavy country, right? Well, how are people going to respond to something like that? <laughs> Well, Outlaw Radio is only the name, but uh, the the genres of music that I feature on this show are uh, various. Okay, good. <laughs> I love that. Thank you, brother. It's like we were talking about we needed a new Beavis and Butthead. You know what I mean? Because Beavis and Butthead, like, we got to figure something out there, right? Like, they always played cool shit when videos were cool. You know, they were always playing something, like, kind of interesting. <laughs> and off the wall but you know it was like chosen for a reason do you know what i mean and, and i feel like you're kind of you got that kind of vibe with your show <laughs> oh i can at times believe me <laughs> yes <laughs> nice <laughs> yes. so nice i mean uh rev theory has been around uh for almost 20 years and uh, you guys have accomplished accomplished a lot but uh still for those who may not have never heard of Rev Theory, and shame on them, uh, why don't you give a little background, tell the listeners about yourself and about the band. Yeah, so we uh, actually met in college originally. It was it was Matt. It was actually Rich, Dave, and me went to Merrimack College in Boston, and uh, we became fast friends. Found out each other played music, and we started a band. And then that band basically turned into a revelation theory we moved to new york and we met a manager who is uh was a long time became like one of our best friends you know so he's kind of a fifth beetle and uh yeah man we just grinded brother in new york put the pieces together and we got maddie as a bass player we didn't have a bass player down there. that was just dave rich and me and then we hit the hit the live stuff as much as we could and then we finally got in a van and got in an rv and toured our asses off brother and that's kind of what got us our foot in the door and did some big tours with evanescence that got us like a record deal with interscope and then um you know it wasn't just that it was a number of things but you know that was a big part of that tour um that experience in 2006 kind of got us into a major label and that got us to light it up which basically set the tone with hell yeah you know we had a record before that called truth is currency that we're still really proud of that um, you know, set the, set the tone for the band and then light it up was kind of like just a shinier major label kind of push on that record. And we ended up going with Interscope for two records. We put out that then justice. And then, uh, we put out some EPs, we put out a bunch of different things. And now we're basically, geez, we kind of slowed down 2016. We put a record out, but Maddie, uh, and me have taken over the sort of what we're doing publicly and rich and dave are essentially moving on to you know new parts and chapters in their lives and stuff so maddie and me have been writing putting a music up and um it's kind of gotten us to where we're getting played on your station so it's kind of cool so that's kind of the long and short of it absolutely absolutely now um you know when i when i first heard of you guys you know uh the first song i heard was uh hell yeah uh 
fucking yeah. awesome, fucking awesome song. I mean, I just can't think Thank of you, think of any other words to describe it. You know, and I'm I kind of figured though I did I didn't know at the time that you were originally known as uh, Revelation Theory. In fact, I'm thinking Rev Theory and watching the video to to hell yeah and see you know seeing seeing the car racing and all that. I'm thinking Rev up the engines where it came from. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, did it kind of transition to that? Would you say that's that's actually it's an interesting observation. I would definitely give you that that we were revelation theory because we were drawing more when we started as a band. We were influenced by, you know, in like bands like Seven Dust and you know Corn, the Deftones, like Limp Bizkit, like early, you know, new metal stuff, and mainly you know, like we we were emulating what we were kind of inspired by as a team. You know, we kind of all dug those kind of bands, and obviously we loved like you know, Metallica, Alice in Chains. We had kind of a lineage of, of grunge and metal that we all sort of rallied around. And that started out as revelation theory. And that's kind of the songs we wrote, which were truth is currency, which I'll share with you if you haven't heard it, but that's kind of like, we had a song called slow burn. That was just, you know, we were getting circle pits all over the country because of the tune and, and being played in major markets. And, and the song actually just kind of penetrated and, you know, it, it sort of set the tone for us. Um, and when we got the attention of the majors, like people were messing up the name left and right. Like they were calling us revolution on the radio. Like people were like, it's revolution. Welcome. It was like, it's like being on like a, you know, imagine it's like, you know, fucking big radio talk show or something. And they're like, it's revolution theory. And you're like, guys, like you can't even read the prompter. Like it's an A, you know what I mean? So we got to do something here. So we said, everyone always calls us rev anyways, but when we signed an interscope, it was interesting because they, they essentially wanted us, you know, they saw like the guy who signed us, Brian house had also worked with hinder and was part of that movement of like, you know, bringing solos back and buck cherry was big and rock and roll was really like taking hold. And the guy who signed us really had that instinct and that soul. And he basically, we wrote hell yeah with him. You know what I mean? So we kind of co-wrote that tune and we, we really did turn the corner on hell. Yeah. And become actually where rev was like revving up the engine and it, you're right. And that's probably how people see the music, the octane in it. And like the, the sort of like energy and angst and groove. Like, I think that still exists, whether it's revelation or rev. So that's kind of where we're married now. And, and I think it, you can hear in that song, remember me, we feel like it was like, you know, we're revelation theory would have met back up with an old flame. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of where we're at with that. So, so yeah, long, again, that's kind of the breakdown of the name. You know, I, I find that uh, a, a bit humorous too, you know, that uh, people would mistake the name, say revolution or something, especially uh, look at, look at the spelling. I mean, even if you're an atheist, you're, you got to be a little familiar with the, the last book of the Bible. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it was like, a, it was like on the, on the, uh, you know, in the marquees where we pull up to Erie, Pennsylvania and it's like Kev Dushin theorem. It was like not even close K E V O Kev Dushin. Like, I wish I took a picture of it. It was so genius. And I'm just like, like, I'm sorry you're in Pennsylvania, but it does not reflect well upon those like club owners, like IQ, because it's like, guys, we write it down and this is the word people know the word. You know what I mean? But they kept getting it wrong over and over again. Uh, you know, and then even with Rev Theory, we thought they were going to get it wrong. Like, we were like, oh, it's good. That's easy, right? People are like, oh, yeah, Red Theory. Red? 
cool. All right, we'll check that out. Or like, yo, it's Rez Fury. Always Rez Fury. We're like, it's not Fury. Like, it just, we just couldn't win. You know what I mean? So whatever. We're sticking with it. I know Fury, the dead man, just dropped dead man. And they're just going with like Fury. And I don't know how that's going for them. You know what I mean? But, you know, for us, we're always going to be Revelation Theory. And, and I think the true OGs. And, and, and if you haven't heard it yet, bro, I'm super psyched, psyched to share it with you because I'm, I'm curious to feel you on it and see what you, you know, see your reaction to what it was that we were. So yes. let's see that off air for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I got to ask you, getting, getting to the more to the video on uh, Hell Yeah is, uh, you know, we're, Obviously, it start it starts out in a diner, but uh, ends up in, in some in like a desert or something uh, where where they're racing the cars. You know where where exactly was that filmed? Uh, we were like south of uh, L.A. What the hell was the town called? It was like some podunk little sort of small town where they have the only thing they have is like an airport graveyard like an airline graveyard, which is cool. It makes it really, really popular to shoot stuff there. And, uh, you know, we got, got it for a day. Shit. I can't remember the name of it. It was like on the way to Vegas. Hang on. I gotta look it up. But, <laughs> um, anyways, whatever it was, it was a fucking six, six set. It was pretty much the desert. Right. So it wasn't like the nicest conditions. It was really warm and kind of uncomfortable to have to like sweat. We were like really, I think we were mangling too. So we were probably having some drinks and trying to manage all of that. And it was, it was pretty fun time when we were doing all that. It was kind of a whirlwind, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm, tr- I got to think too, cause I was, I kind of had the impression that cause I was actually living in Vegas at the time the song was popular and uh, I was, yeah. uh, I was on my way to Orange County at one time and I'm kind of thinking that it was somewhere near uh, Barstow. There you go. Yeah, something like that. Fuck, I got to look it up. Hang on. <laughs> yes. I should look it up. Right? Yeah, but it was there. It was in L.A., southern L.A. somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Let's see, airplane, graveyard. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I one one thing I, I got to talk to you about is... Uh, the, the deals you had struck with uh, WWE, especially uh, Randy Orton, you know, singing uh, voices. Obviously, I, I, I can't remember uh, the guy's name who writes all the songs for WWE, but uh, you, got, you guys actually got involved just uh, pretty much the same way that uh, Motorhead did for Triple H. Um, can, <laughs> you t- yeah. Give a little background yep. story of how all that came into place with WWE. Well, those guys were just, they just loved Light It Up. And uh, they used it for WrestleMania. And that's how we got our, you know, we kind of pushed Hell Yeah. And then Hell Yeah became kind of a song for one of their their pay-per-views. And we got to go to WrestleMania and do all of those, like, appearances and get to play outside and meet all the guys. and, And we just made a really good relationship with them. And it just seemed like the right thing to keep doing things with them because, you know, it was good exposure for us at the time. And, uh, you know, they asked us, Jim Johnson, the writer over there, who does all the music, he asked us to produce the song. So he sent us a demo of the song that he wrote. And it was voices for a wrestler, Randy Orton. And we were pretty kind of green as far as producers. To be honest, I have to like, 
we kind of botched it because we had an opportunity to really produce something badass. And unfortunately, what we ended up doing wasn't up to his standards. So he ended up just having Rich sing on it. So really, we didn't write it or play on it. Rich just sang on it, right? But then he sent it back to us. And we were just like, like literally our hands are in our heads. Like, I'm sorry, bro. But like, I know people love Randy Orton and I know they love that song. But guys, like it does not sound good. Do you know what I mean? Like for the record, it is probably the worst sounding rock and metal song I've ever heard in my life. Like it just sounds like it was sung, played live and Rich just sang over a live. Anyways, so that being said, I'm super stoked that we got to do stuff with WWE. I don't want to like shit where I ate, but at the end of the day, like we weren't really that proud of how it actually came out. Do you know what I mean? But again, grateful for the exposure, like you said, motorhead and people are bringing you a listen. If you're coming in and you like that, like I'm pretty sure you're going to like other stuff we do because it sounds a lot better than voices. So, um, so again, super grateful to them. And like, we had a great experience and we literally did like a bunch of other stuff with them. So, um, you know, I'd work with them again. We don't have to really at this point because we're sort of going a different route and, um, that's cool, man. Like we wish everybody there the best and we think there are awesome people over there. So. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about uh, the outcome, I, I still got to say, I, I really like the song a lot. That's great, man. That honestly, bro, like if you like that, like, you know what I mean? Like we're like, great. You know, we, we were like so happy that people actually connected. And I think there was something special about Orton and his evolution as a, as a storyline and the way he portrayed that, those lyrics, there's something in the lyrics and the melody that Jim wrote that was really, it, it really resonated with a lot of people. Cause I think there's a lot of mental illness going on. And I think we all have, these things in our head you know what i mean and we're always kind of judging ourselves all day there's a double dialogue and it's like it's just a really real tune and i think he captured something and the culture and with randy being the vehicle to essentially you know blanket the world with that song is i am incredibly grateful like i almost want to do our own version now to honor the tune you know what i mean like because i do agree with you it's a fucking it's a great tune and he crushed it but I just don't love the production sound of it. So that's like the, you know, the nitpicky in me, you know what I mean? I'm getting like granular with my critiques, which is what we're doing nowadays. So, um, you know, I could step it back a bit for sure, but it's a good song. You know what I mean? For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, one, one thing I failed to mention, uh, about hell yeah too, is that, uh, it was, it was also, uh, the the intro for uh that that show on spike tv uh like damn i can't remember what it was that that football comedy i can't remember the name yeah of that. yeah it was called blue mountain state yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking was... funny show too i mean yeah that's a great show that was a great show that yeah. was a really great show we were really stoked we got to go and go to montreal to shoot an episode up there and meet the guys like we met sad and you know, all the guys, they were awesome, dude. There was, it was so cool. The set was cool. It was inside. So like, you know, they make houses inside of like a whole like warehouse. So it looks and they have lighting to make it look like you're outside. It's kind of trippy. Um, and we didn't know that that's how it worked. So we're like literally, you know, playing on a, on one of the episodes, they had us play one of the college parties. So it was just, 
it was cool to be a part of all that. And fucking the coolest part of the whole thing is, is the director of the episode was Fred Savage from, uh, wonder years. Oh, and really? he was like, dude, he was like literally the nicest guy. It was, it was, it made the experience so great. Cause we had this great picture at the end with him and everyone was smiling and we were just like, it was all, all love and all fun. And, and honestly, that's, that show was too. I had a lot of heart and we're like, honestly, we're so, I want to like do something to produce more episodes of it. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a huge fan base for that show. And the fact that they stopped at three seasons was, was a shame. You know what I mean? Like it could have gone on for another four or five seasons and cause those guys were all stars. They just, you know, so, so I really still believe that there's something there if they ever wanted to, to sort of resurrect it, you know, but, uh, it was awesome. And it gave us a lot of exposure, brother. So thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't recall a, an episode that, uh, I watched where I wasn't laughing my ass off too. It was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny, man. Yeah. And weird, weirdly, the girl who joined the show, actually, she, uh, she joined the show later on. I can't remember what, what she played. And it's been a while since I've seen the show, but, uh, she was actually our first photographer for the band in New York. She did a photo shoot with us and she was an actress and trying to make it. And her name was something different. Now it's Frankie Shaw, but she was Rachel and she was basically, just a photographer, artist, actress. And then she made it onto that show. We were like, holy shit. And then she also was the girlfriend of our manager. So it was like, there's this weird Boston, New York connection that like brought us all together. So that was really neat. Oh, I can, I can only imagine too. And I, I, I do have to, I do have to ask, cause the, the time lighted up, uh, it came out and it was, uh, shortly, right around the time the, the deals with WWE and uh, blue mountain state and all that. Uh, then, then of course the touring, what they did, it all seem to hit too much all at once at times. And, and, uh, can, can, can it, can it get kind of stressful when that, when that happens or anything like that? Yeah, I think we were, I think we moved to LA as a unit. There was four guys and two managers and we had another friend with us. So there's seven people living in a, um, you know, a a two bedroom apartment down in Hermosa beach. And we were basically, you know, on the beach living seven dudes all over the floor, like mattresses, like just trying to get through because we couldn't afford anything at that point, but we had gotten off the road from touring for a couple of years to support truth is currency and we didn't have a deal yet. So we all just decided that we would move to LA and we would try to, you know, that's where the business is. That's where, you know, our buddy was moving and we went out there. We had a lot of relationships and we just started writing and it was so awesome and pure for the time that we all manifested like secret was huge. We were watching that movie constantly and like, just the idea of being able to manifest something. And as a unit, we did a lot of mushrooms, our buddy dealt mushrooms. So we come down to the beach and we just get, <laughs> you know, we go to the stratosphere and we write, we write far from over there. We wrote, you're the one there. We wrote, you know, broken bones and falling down and mountain wanted man. And like, we wrote all the, all of lighted up, you know, and um, we ended up, you know, started to get interest from some people and Hinder had taken us out on the road and Hinder was a real rock and roll band. I and mean, those guys partied like animals, like animals. And they took us out. We did it. Actually, 
our managers set up the Girls Gone Wild Rocks America tour, which got us sort of exposure with those guys. And Cody was in L.A., and he was hanging with his boy, Brian House, who was a big producer at the time, and, and Hinder had blown up. They had, a, you know, Lips of an Angel was like a pop smash. So Brian, who produced them, was a, was a superstar. He was like a Mutt Lang kind of guy, and he comes into the, you know, he literally walks into the studio, you know, while we're rehearsing. He's got this massive hair, just like Mutt Lang. He just, he's just such a rock star, and Cody's there with him. And he goes, he goes, yeah, he goes, hey, he goes, Cody goes, play him a couple of those tunes you were playing me. So we ended up playing Brian, some of our heavier stuff. And then we played him Broken Bones and You're the One. And he was just like, oh, shit. He's like, he's like, listen, man, I just got to deal with Interscope Records. He's like, I did a JV with those guys. He's like, let's, he's like, let's, let me, let me get my guy Jeff Sosnow in here. Who was like pretty high up with Jimmy Iovine and signed bands like Wolf Mother and was just a really cool cat, you know? So he brought Jeff down and Jeff literally like, he basically heard all our stuff, asked us to play the two ballads. We played the ballads and he's like, let's do a deal. And that's kind of how it worked. And next thing you know, we were thrust into all of a sudden we were on a major label. So there's a lot of expectations and there was a lot of like, okay, well, what is it that we're really trying to do here? We brought Brian into the fold. The creativity shifted as more of like a team of how we were going to assemble something that was just so sick and, and special. And like, you know what I mean? We were willing to work with any big time writer because we knew that we needed massive songs in order to break through. So Maddie and me got like a huge education working with like, you know, all these sick writers and Cara DeGuardia and, you know, Dave Hodges and Marty Fredrickson, like, like big hit writers, you know, that, that we got a chance to kind of write 10 years with, like we wrote with Cara DeGuardia, you know, and she's just, she's so sick. And um, so we learned a lot, but we were also all of a sudden, like, you know, going to parties, like writing, but partying, but then, you know what I mean? And then it turned into like, you're living in LA and it went into like doing yoga every day every single day to like, you know, raging every single day. You know what I mean? It went from like thoughtful contemplation and manifestation and positive energy. And like, we're going to make something happen and a miracle is going to happen to like, we fucking did it boys. Like, like it was, we just threw a huge party. And the problem is that party just was like a piece of fucking kindling on like with a massive amount of gasoline on the fire. And we just went crazy because hell yeah, was the first single. And that was, we added Ricky Licks and Ricky Licks was perfect. You know, it's like, oh, it rhymes with Nikki Six. And it's like, you know, he was like a, he was, he was like the biggest, coolest fucking rock star I'd ever seen in my life when he was from his old shit. Like in his old bands, he's, dude, this guy was a beast, you know? And um, we were like, it's perfect, right? So he came on board and we fucking, we went crazy. We just basically started partying and then we signed a deal with the Maloofs that owned the Palms and they would throw us huge parties. So it just kind of like, it just took off from there. And honestly, it was, it was probably like a three or four year party <laughs> that ended with justice, not really resonating and us getting dropped, you know? So that was, and that was kind of sad that we weren't able to focus because I think we had a huge opportunity that we might've torpedoed a little bit because of our own um, use and our own maybe insecurities as far as like, you know, you always have to be fucked up, but when you're always fucked up, you're really not focusing in on what it is that needs to be done. You know what I mean? And a discipline. So 
we went from having a lot of that to losing all of that, but also being encouraged to lose it because we were kind of getting paid to do that. It was like, this is the role you're going to play because it's part of what works in rock and roll. And we're like, yeah, absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? So there was kind of a little bit of that and it got away from the revelation theory element of it where, you know, we, we kind of got under a spell of corporatism and business and we saw maybe money and fame. And I think that was, that wasn't healthy for any of us. So, you know, it took us a long time to get to a place now where we can talk about this stuff openly without having to feel the emotional baggage or, or trauma of it. Cause it was very traumatic towards the, uh, towards the downfall of, of sort of 2014, 2015. But, but yeah, long winded way to explain that answer to you. I hope it answers it for you. Oh, good enough. Good enough. Yes. And, uh, you, you being, being, uh, the guitar player. I, I, I just got to ask you, um, obviously I, I haven't talked to a guitar player in a band that doesn't have a collection of maybe, uh, f- from, uh, five to maybe 15 to 25 or even more guitars. Um, is, do you have a specific preference? Like, do you prefer a Gibson or a Fender Stratocaster or, um, do you have any type of pr- preference in guitars? Yeah, I mean, I've had a torrid love affair with many different cereals in my life. You know, like growing up, I had, I loved Fruit Loops first, Honeycombs. Like, you know, I find great qualities in so many cereals along my lifetime. And I've fallen in love and in and out of love with with Rice Krispies. And you know what I mean? Now I got to tone it down. I actually had to cut cereal out of my life. But I look at it as uh, guitars are the same. You know, I love uh, Telecasters for a certain reason. And I love SGs probably because it's the guitar that I originally bought and loved. And, you know, it's probably my, one of my babies there. And um, those are probably the two guitars that I like, love the most. And then outside of that, I see them as kind of utility items like eight string, I mean, eight string guitars. And there's just like, you know what I mean? So uh, there's so many different brands and things that are cool about some of the metal guitars that like, you know what I mean? But it also gets to a point where I don't really feel the soul or a connection to some of those companies because it's not really, I'm more, you know, Strat and SG. I mean, uh, Telly and SG are my two, like, go-tos. You know what I mean? You know, um, I was just uh, recently listening to to some uh, interviews with uh, Eddie Van Halen. May he rest in pay- peace and I'll have a, mm-hmm. uh, I'll have a tribute to him yeah. later on in the show. But uh, yeah, yeah. he he said, you know, there, there it's like there was no one guitar that was uh, good enough for him, you know. <laughs> it sounds like my mom with women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no girl good enough for my Jew. You know. <laughs> you know. So I mean, the beginning for him is like, you know, he'd pick up a Fender and it's not doing exactly what he wants. Pick up a Gibson. It's doing one thing that he wants, but not the other. You know, so it's like uh, he, I don't know. He, I think he had he had to find his own own way with uh, with his own style too. And of course, his style is uh, so unique. Just just like that of Jimmy Page or Jimi Hendrix, and he will definitely be missed. Yeah, he, you just said it. You just said the guys. Those are the guys. Like 
you know, Van Halen was on the, like, just, I mean, this guy was an acrobat. He was an Olympic athlete on the guitar. Do you know what I mean? He just was, you like, you're in awe, like a physical feat. It's just to have that type of control over an instrument. Like it's nothing, man, with a cigarette in his mouth, the one where he just plays and noodles, like the guy's just, he's just a special, uh, you know, one in a generation, one in, I don't know how many hundred years, whatever, whatever status he gets to, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, dude, it's just kind of, we've been losing a lot of giants. I mean, he had a hell of a life, you know, I think we 65. And I mean, that ride that that guy took was talk about going to the stratosphere, you know, and talk about making an impact. And, you know, he had a son and, you know, I mean, I just think he seemed like an all around had a good life and was willing to, you know, live it. And, uh, you know, I just, just got to remember him through all of this, you know, like every other, other ones, Cornell, all of the ones, the guys, the, the giants, you know, that have gone recently, uh, Bowie. And, um, even though just had to honor them, bro. Yeah. yeah. Even, even though it was 30 years ago, but, um, I mean, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan will always be one of oh. my top favorites. You yep. Know? Dude, me too. Little Wing, bro. Little Wing. I spent like a year trying to learn that song. Like I was like, this fucking song is so sick. And you're talking about Hendrix. Like he takes Hendrix and makes it just doper. Like who could do that? He could do it. He had a touch, you know, he had a sick touch. Like, I mean, it was like, he was special, man. He was yeah. special. And you're right. That one was really bad. I don't think I understood when I was younger, you know what I mean? Like, I think like he died before I could really yeah. process these, you know, have the, you know, like the sort of experience to even appreciate someone at that point, you know, sadly, but it was way too soon. You know what I, yeah. what I really liked about uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan was um, it was the fact that uh, he was one of the first to, to really dare to be different because um, in, in his time, you had two styles of blues. You had the Chicago style and you had the Texas style. Mm. And, the, and it's like mm. the two styles rivaled each other, but he was the first one to bring the two styles together. Mm, that's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. So you're a you're a bluesman, then you love the blues. Oh hell yeah, I do. Hell, I mean, I like a, well. First and foremost, I I, I love my old fashioned heavy metal. You know, uh, mo mostly uh, late seventies and eighties metal is uh, probably what I listen to most. But uh, yeah, guys, nice. guys like uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan, and um, you know even Kenny Wayne Shepherd uh, to this day, who mm. I think is another genius right there. You know, <laughs> yeah, yep. Yep, that guy that, you know, he, there's something, you know, he's phenomenal. I'll give it to him. Like, it's just like, you know, it's almost like in our generation, we've had these almost of almost, it's almost like there's copies of copies of copies and you kind of get like Puddle of Mud was trying to do this for, you know, Nirvana. Cedar was trying to do this with Nirvana. Like, you know, we're trying to do this with whatever we were doing. Like everyone's just kind of, you know what I mean? And at some point it's like, uh, you know, it just it's not as impactful unless it's completely reinvented. And I've always felt like I just haven't heard that reinvention. Like you talked about with Stevie, with Kenny Wayne, not that I'm critical of him at all. I'm, I'm in awe of how good a player he is and can make, you know, a, uh, a career. 
you know what I mean? But it's like, for me, pop culture wise, it's like, I'm still waiting for that. But maybe that's because it just will never happen because the way we consume content isn't like ubiquitous. We can't just, we're not all agreeing that pop music is Stevie Ray. Do you know what I mean? So Kenny Wayne's had probably a bit of a harder time babbling the, you know, the economy of attention that we're all sort of struggling to maintain people's time, you know, tuned in to what it is we're trying to, to, you know, get done. You know what I mean? So, um, so maybe he's a victim of that, you know, a little bit. And I think we might all be, and that's why music is shrinking as far as it's, impact in people's lives i think overall i don't know would you agree on that oh i most definitely agree on that um so um you know and and uh i mean 2020 of course has been such a fucking brutal no mercy year for society you know i mean with the covid and then uh the the riots and and it's, it's like, if it's not one thing, it's a motherfucking nother. It's literally, I don't know, dude, we're, I'm so, we're, you're in Idaho, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, we were talking, yeah, so you're in Twin Falls, and I'm up in Campbell River, BC. I live in a small place up in Canada, and, uh, you know, the, the, the thing is, from here, I feel like I can kind of see what's going on. It's just kind of quiet here. I don't know if you feel the same in your own world, but it feels like it's a little bit quiet here and uh, I can see the chaos. Like it's like, it's like a storm that's kind of next door. Do you know what I mean? And you're just like, Oh man. I mean, granted we do have our own, you know, COVID scares and stuff, but it's, it's such a smaller town that people aren't as, you know, you're just going about it, but you know, it's really affecting a lot of people. And, you know, I stay connected to people in Los Angeles and they really put, put it into perspective, you know, and I was living there up until a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, I really feel their concern about their safety for themselves and their families. And that part is very scary. That's real. You know, and, and maybe it's fear. Maybe we have to, you know, take it for a grain of salt because we we also have to be willing to accept that we deal with invisible enemies all day, right? And that we can't just go completely off the crazy town train and not train our, you know, our systems to to sort of be the prize fighters that they are. That's why we've gotten this far is because our immune systems are fucking like the Spartan warriors of, you know, battlers out there. So it's like, I think we have to give ourselves a little bit more credit. And that's, you know, where I'm seeing a lot of, um, you know, disagreement in, in that kind of space of thinking about how to deal with this moving forward and not, you know, focusing on the apocalyptic element of everything that there is a way to look at the positive and how bad it is. Do you know what I mean? I do think that's true. Um, so, you know, we have to sort of step back from it the way I've been able to step out of LA and now look at it and say, okay, it's a mess, but you know, there's a way to have a conversation that, that sort of gets people moving in the right direction. And I had a conversation with my friend today about, he wrote something on Facebook. He said, when are we going to stop with the right versus left and get with the right versus wrong? And I wrote to him, I just said, you know, that is subjective. You know what I mean? So the idea that there is a right versus a wrong is, 
to you might be different than to me. And we have to come to an agreement that that exists. Like Absolutely. that's the basic truth is that, that there's 140,000 grades, shades of gray that we have to accept other people's perspective that they can't see what we see because they're not us and we're not them. And we have to kind of come to that common human like connective tissue. And until we do that, it's going to be, you know, and I don't know if our egos cannot let us do it. Like, I don't know. I think we're on this and it's part of Maddie and me's kind of MO right now. And what we're doing is like, is there is an apocalypse addiction in society, like whether it's religious or non-religious, whether you're, you know, into the matrix or whether you're into Christianity, it's like there is a legitimate addiction to thinking about the end, whether it's your own life, whether it's the afterlife, whether it's what happens next, whatever, whatever it is, it drives us because it drives fear. And that is what is what's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing a, a complete indulgence in fear. And I think that that's incredibly dangerous when we let that take the driver seat. So I really hope that there will be some levity brought to the conversation with some of these movements from starting from Rogan to, you know, Sam Harris and Weinstein and this intellectual dark web. I think there's enough people that are uh, level-headed centrists that we can find some common ground and create kind of a new system of, of what we can agree on and how to agree on it so that we're not in this perpetual state of fear. So anyways, yeah, I see, I see a lot of what you're saying and it's just like, I can't believe it. Is it bad where you are? Uh, Do you feel it where you are? You know, as, as far as, uh, you know, the, the whole thing with rioting, BLM, Antifa, George Floyd, there was very little of that ar around my neck of the woods. Uh, unfortunately, with COVID, I just recovered about a couple weeks ago. And honestly, um, you know, I know other people had it handle it differently, but uh, I did not get very sick. I just, I had a bit of a mm. headache, a bit of a fever, lost my sense of smell, but I, I really didn't get that sick. Oh, really? So you had a bout of it? Yeah, I did. I did. Wow. Wow. I, you know, I feel like maybe we all have a little bit. Maybe maybe it's, maybe it's there are not enough people are being diagnosed. You know, maybe there's just, maybe it's just everyone's kind of at it or flirted with it or it's around and we're just, either we're carriers of it or we don't, like you said, like I, I almost feel like I've had it. I sell cannabis. I work at a cannabis store and, um, Oh, really? You know, we had, <laughs> it's legal up here, though. Yeah, yeah, it's legal it, up here. You know, it's criminalized yeah. where I'm at, but I, I am a, uh, I am an activist for uh, legalizing cannabis for medicinal and and uh, recreational purposes. I'm, yeah, I, I could be a pothead at times. I enjoy it. <laughs> nice, nice. That's awesome. I think that might be the only bipartisan thing going for the country right now. And is is that we all agree that cannabis should be legal federally like let's just do it come on we're yeah. doing it in canada so and, i work at one of the stores you know and we've been and you know people come in so you're just like you know at the end of the day you're you're and, kind of uh you're at risk you know what i mean you're an essential worker so you know and i think um in, in my next segment with my next guest too i'm going to be talking about this opioid crisis and they're there are prescription drugs I think that need to be outlawed 100%. And I'm going to get into that too, but um, you know, I think uh, yes, I, 
I don't think that uh, legalizing marijuana is going to um, going to stop the situation 100%, but I think it, it's yeah. it's going to have an impact on it big time. Yep. Yep, I agree. I think it's going to have a big impact on um, just society in general being able to kind of, because I'm seeing a lot of older people, you know, we see people come in all day in pain. So what you realize, the threat is pain. It's emotional, it's physical. There's so much trauma and you have a lot of older people that won't come around to the idea that this could help them because the doctor hasn't told them yet. You know, like my dad's one of them. He just, he just won't do it. He won't experiment with it because he's not, he's not being told by his doctor that it'll kind of maybe help him. Um, you know, but he's really not dealing with it a difficult time, thankfully anyways. But I think for a lot of people that do, it's like, you know, it really provides, um, some relief, at least temporary. Like, you know, like I've had pain over the last couple of years and I've literally been plagued by, um, you know, like a very traumatic thoracic spine, C-spine injury in my neck and my back from, from when I was playing. And I'm, I've been struggling to get through that. And cannabis has helped me. Um, it's helped me so much as a mood stabilizer that I, I literally could testify the truth of the fact that it does help you get through really dark, hard times. Um, it also can get in the way of you moving forward. Like, mm-hmm. because I'm struggling now with giving it up where, you know, I don't want to be dependent on something for my happiness, you know, whether it's a relationship or a drug. And I think that that is like the ultimate like battle is to try to just live clean, healthy with purpose. And, you know, and I think cannabis will get you there like a steroid for me. Like it's a bit of a a creative steroid and it's also a mood stabilizer. So I would diagnose myself with it for that. But, you know, the reality is, is it's, is that it is still, you know, a pill you take to make you feel better so that you don't have to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with. Do you know what I mean? So we have to kind of, but I do think it's a healthier version than, you know, hard drugs. I mean, and opioids and stuff that makes you fucking cracked out, right? Like you were saying. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Do you, do you smoke a sativa or indica? What do you like to smoke? Uh, you know, sometimes it depends on what I'm in the mood for. If I get, uh, you know, I want to, I want a good body high. I go with the Indica, uh, sativa nice. for, for a good head high, you know, it just depends. I mean, there's a strain out of, uh, South Africa. I really like called Durban poison too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Durban poison. Yeah. That's a classic. Where is it from South Africa? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah. That's it, awesome. it's, it's grown in Durban, South Africa originally. Mm. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, I should know that. Now I know that. Thank you. You're teaching yes. me a lot. Blues and <laughs> cannabis. Thanks. <laughs> I hate to say this, but we are out of time, but I, I've had a lot of fun talking with you. And uh, before uh, we hit our music set where I'm going to have three more uh, Rev Theory songs, I want to uh, go ahead and give you this opportunity to give yourself a plug, tell the listeners where they can find you, social media, you got a website out there. Go ahead and put that out there. Yeah, just Rev Theory Official uh, Instagram website, YouTube, go to Rev Theory. There's a new video, Remember Me. Um, we got a new merch site up as well, some cool new stuff that we've been working on. And, uh, yeah, keep checking into Facebook, you guys. I do Facebook Live. I do something called Walkie Talkies. I try to do them almost every other day or every day. 
And it's basically what I'm doing now with you, but I just do it with the community. I just talk with them and it's kind of my own walking podcast. So uh, tune into that and uh, yeah, thanks brother. I appreciate the support. It was good talking to you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to wish you the best of luck in your future endeavors. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm glad we could make this happen. Thank you, brother. You too, man. You'll be in touch soon. You bet. All right. You take care. Take care, brother. Bye. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Julian Jorgensen of Rev Theory. Going to go ahead and hit our first music set where we have three more songs by Rev Theory. I also have the Highway Women and G3 Rap put into the mix. When I come back, I'll be joined by Craig the Hawk Montgomery. Going to be talking more about this opioid crisis. So with that said, we'll be right back after this. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? I hear voices in my head. They counsel me. They understand. They talk to me. See 
dumb enough to buy a new car this weekend, you're a big enough schmuck to come to Big Bill Hell's car. Bad deal. Cars that break down. Thieves. If you think you're going to find a bargain at Big Bill, you can kiss my ass. It's our belief that you're such a stupid motherfucker. You'll fall for this bullshit. Guaranteed. If you find a better deal, shove it up your ugly ass. You heard us right. Shove it up your ugly ass. Bring your tray. Bring your tie. Bring your wife. We'll fuck her. That's right. We'll fuck your wife. Because at Big Bill Hell, you're fucked six ways from Sunday. Take a hike to Big Bill Hell. Home of challenge pissing. That's right. Challenge pissing. How does it work? If you can piss six feet in the air straight up and not get wet, you get no down payment. Don't wait. Don't delay. Don't fuck with us or we'll rip your nuts off. Only at Big Bill Hell. The only dealer that tells you to fuck off. Hurry up, asshole. This event ends the minute after you write us a check. And it better not bounce or you're a dead motherfucker. Go to hell. Big Bill Hell's card. All the more spiltiest. And exclusive home of the meanest sons of bitches in the state of Maryland. Guaranteed.
With my opening line, I bust rhymes like tech nines Broadcast premier still, you couldn't see mine Fundamentally different by design Sonically superior, melodic, methodically killing y'all Ain't nobody feeling you, I hit quicker Got your tipsy like 80 proof liquor When the smoke fades and starts to disappear I face the crowd and proclaim, this my gear Lines form to partake as I break styles Formulated from scratch, I dispatch all whackness Crack this open like a 40 or a shorty when I'm naughty in the park. Doing this OG style for a while. Still, sometime I wake up in the dark. Illuminating avenues up to now ignored. I flow freely like warm water from the picture of life. I shine light. Musically excel and rhyme tight. Giving all an earshot a dose of the jazz magic coming coast to coast. Second verse, the first should be gold. Alright, but I wanna stack platinum. Back up, listen close when I say no reset necessary. Cause I break records, careers, and hearts with my debut. Still, I gotta come clean like Jay Gun clean. Trigger happy like the son of Sam. I ain't trying to be nothing but the G I am. If you don't like my style, get to stepping. Don't run smack, I won't need the weapon. But if you bring it, you'll sing like a bird. I won't hesitate to heat it. That's my word. On and on I flow While you ride to the store to get some drink and smoke some more Do what you do for yours, man, I'm going for mine And we ain't got much time I stay busy like a bee for all y'all to see I'm from the D, but still a G My rhyme style got you feeling like an addict Yeah, it's jazz magic This is as good for you as it felt when I wrote this Good vibes coming down all on you Jazzmatic transforming a G If you feel it, you feel it If not, you probably won't Ain't no sweat to a vet, see I got to get down for mine no matter how you feel Knowledge yourself will carry me Till I walk away from the game Game, yeah, I said it But I wouldn't be in it if I wasn't trying to win it Never settle for nothing less than the best And for me, that's damn good, know that so I stay on point, make it hot like an oven Mix and flip hits like it ain't nothing I keep it live cause I know y'all got to have it Yeah, it's jazz magic
There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, 
protection and speed. Battle after battle, Hunter Athletic Gear is the brand celebrating your victory. Hunter Athletic Gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies, including compression pants, fight shorts, hoodies, vests, caps, and bikinis. They can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business. Visit their website at huntermma.co.za. Gear up and let's train. What news and information are your media dollars buying when the narrative is prescribed by the advertisers? Scripted lies, media brainwashing, and thought control. Take back your voice. Take back our media. But most of all, take back our First Amendment. Subscribe to Caravan to Midnight today for hard-hitting commentary free from political correctness and media bias as I and some of the most intelligent and interesting people on Earth delve deep into what really lies beyond the headlines. Three to four hour uninterrupted and uncensored information. Join our CTM family today. Join the movement. Join the fight for freedom and independence. Caravan to Midnight is media for the people, by the people, independent of commercial obligations or influence. For less than a cup of coffee per month, you can make a difference. Let the people fund the next news network. Help us grow. Help us create a platform where we place freedom of speech and thought first. Join the family at caravantomidnight.com. If you've been searching for a show that talks about what's trending in the world, entertainment gossip, stupid news, and more, sizzling talk radio that is not dumbed or watered down, a show that is not for pussies, then you need to stop searching and check out The Charles Richardson Show. It's uncensored talk radio. No crybabies. No losers. No futtards. Charles Richardson and crew bring it 100% with real opinions. If you can't take it, Get the fuck out. You can even call the show and flap your gums, provided you have a brain. For the 411 stations and showtimes, like the Charles Richardson Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the Charles Richardson Show. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. The Charles Richardson Show. You want some? Come get some. It's Heidi Summers, health and wellness expert with your local health update. I get so many emails and calls about CBD, the incredible oil from the hemp plant that's being used to provide relief to millions for joint discomfort, inflammation, and nagging injuries. It's the most talked about alternative health breakthrough in years. The CBD product I always recommend comes from CBD Labs, the gold standard of CBD. CBD Labs oil goes to work fast to relieve your discomfort and deliver the results one thought nearly impossible without a prescription. This powerful oil is not marijuana and contains no THC, the ingredient that gets you high. Oh yeah, CBD Labs oil has also been used to help thousands get a great night's sleep. Don't be fooled by all the imitators. Call now and find out how to get a free bottle while supplies last. To get your free bottle of CBD Labs CBD oil, call 800-605-2785. That's 800-605-2785. Get your free bottle for a limited time. Call 800-605-2785. 800-605-2785. Yo, baby, you've had your ass only by Fat Man in an overcoat? You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Coldcock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up, Let's Train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.Center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Rev Theory with Hell Yeah. Before that, G3 Rap with Jazzmatic. Before that, Rev Theory with The Fire. Before that, the Highway Women with their cover of the classic song, The Highwaymen. And starting off the whole set, Rev Theory with Voices. Yes, the Randy Orton WWE theme. And once again, a big shout out to Julian Jorgensen. Thank you very much for joining the show. It was awesome talking to you. Now, my next guest is currently on standby. But before I get to him, I have to reveal... The Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. And ladies and gentlemen, the Outlaw Radio Idiot of the Week. You want to talk about corrupt police officers? Then look no further than South African Police Commissioner or Minister, whatever his title is. Beke Sile, I think that's how it's pronounced. First off, he wants to disarm all law-abiding citizens and leave them vulnerable to the criminals. And he also does not give two shits about farm murders and the horrific things that happen. He is another piece-of-shit, corrupt son-of-a-bitch in the South African government. But, uh... I've talked enough about that already. It's time to get to my next segment, Outlaw Radio Crime Stories. The man's got a right to protect his property and his life. Outlaw Radio Crime Stories. And joining me this week for Outlaw Radio Crime Stories and going to be talking with me about a much different subject than what the things we normally talk about. Uh, I want to welcome back the Hawk, Craig Montgomery. How you doing, brother? Hey, good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. So you and I, we discuss uh, the things happening in South Africa. We discuss the election. We t- discuss a lot of politics, but... Uh, I want to. I really want to talk about this because it has affected my community. The whole opioid crisis. I mean, my next door neighbor just died of an overdose of oxycodones, which is, of course, a controlled substance. But um, it's, you know, it's prescribed by doctors. It's the most addictive garbage on the market right now and a lot of the same ingredients in an oxycodone pill that you're going to find in heroin yep um and i thought you know trump was actually campaigning to stop these opioids and the, uh, and these uh over-the-counter medicines that are these doctors are prescribing constantly knowing that they're addictive um Whoever prescribed these drugs to this person should be should be arrested. Now it it is rumored, but I can't uh, really find any proof of it. 
that Trump is actually pro-cannabis, which I honestly hope he is. But, uh, Hawk, I'm going to play a video clip here. Now, the video clip, I, I want to get your opinion of what's said here, okay? Okay. Yeah, this is something that was said before, that's played before, and uh, I think it's important to play this again. Uh, this is from the CBDJ, uh, Nick Brockmeyer. So let's take a listen to some, something he had to say some time back. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is the CBDJ, and I wanted to take a second out today to talk to you guys really quick about something that's important to me, and that is heroin addiction and opiate addiction. If you guys listen to me every single day and watch me on YouTube and uh, Instagram and things like that, you know that I am very, very against pharmaceuticals. It's killing people in my city every day. Uh, it's killing people all across America. So if you guys are in a state that is keeping you from your medicine, the medicine that does not kill you, which is cannabis and CBD, please, if you want to do something about it, contact your local cannabis uh, marijuana, medical marijuana, or CBD research communities, teams, there's things going on in every single state. You need to get behind them, ask questions, and help them get their message out. You got to at least help get the research looked at in your state, or you guys will always be getting those opiates every time you go see the doctor. Pretty much that's how America pays the bills right now. So if you would like to see a change in America, don't just sit there. Get out and help your local marijuana, cannabis, CBD, hemp, anyone that is trying to get knowledge and the medicine to the people, please contact them and get behind them before your doctors kill you. I get your take on that, what was just said there. I think it's right. Look at Utah. Utah passed the law. Uh, I think it was Prop 2. They passed the law. And then change it right right afterwards. They just change it and they nickel and dimed it. So that basically it was a it was just a hoax to get a to get the vote. They literally voted for it and then put all these restrictions in place that people can't get the medicine. So it's literally impossible. And if you do take the medicine, you got two problems. One, you're gonna be arrested for DUI. Two, you'll never be able to own a gun. They'll take it away from you. They'll say that uh, you are a drug addict and you got some kind of this, some kind of clothes, and that's it. You're done. So, so yeah. all these states that are denying it, I mean, how many more times must you tell people that this stuff works? If you think even just the hemp market alone, the hemp, just hemp alone, can give millions of people jobs. Well, I... I was talking about that last week with uh, Reba Sherrill, and I was also talking about that with uh, Josie Young, who runs a, a CBD business uh, for animals too. And um, mm -hmm. let's let's again let's look at the hemp plant. You know, hemp and marijuana are two distant cousins, two different things here. So you take the hemp plant. You can't farm it in the state of Idaho. I believe you can't. You can farm it in Tennessee and, and a few other places, but uh -huh. um, but um, let's think. The CBD 
the CBD market it has been booming for the last few years, and, and CBD has proven that it's helping with people with asthma. It's definitely helping people with arthritis, and it's mm-hmm. also, um, you know, it, it even helps uh, children are being uh, prescribed on it, especially one young kid who's seven years old now um, with, I don't know how many different types of epilepsy and uh, yep. his, his conditions are improving ever since they put him on the CBD oil. So that's one thing you can take from the hemp plant. Also, you know, you got people who bitch and complain, Oh, we're destroying the environment, cutting down trees to make paper. Well, the hemp plant, our constitution is written on hemp paper. You can make, yep. you can make the best. You can make paper, material, you can make paper, clothing, yeah. um, uh, rope, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we could just allow hemp to be farmed and, and then, you know, we get the factories going. We're talking about a gold mm-hmm. mine. We're talking about a big gold mine right here. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to change the attitude. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and the whole thing too is, um, you know, back in the late twenties, early thirties, you know how people were bitching about, uh, prohibition. Whereas during a, a, a time of economic crisis, it took a criminal in the, in the city of Chicago to make, to make things run smoothly. And that was Al Capone and, and, uh, him bringing mm-hmm. in, bringing in his empire. I mean, I'm not going to say that Al Capone was 100% a good guy, but think about it. Was he really that bad? And how many shady deals did Elliot Ness take on the side trying to bust him? Mm-hmm. You know? That's why I always tell these politicians when we're interviewing them. So I see all the fingers, but where's the solution? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, and prohibition on marijuana that we've had for a very, very long time, I think, needs to be lifted. So let's let's take a look at something that's illegal, which is marijuana. Well, it's not illegal everywhere, but uh, Mm -hmm. right here in Idaho and where you're at, Utah, it's it's illegal. I believe it's still it's it's legal for medicinal purposes in Utah, I believe. But uh, yeah, Idaho, it's one hundred percent illegal here. It's it's restricted really badly. So even though it's uh, it's legal, you 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 need to go through the ringer to get to get it. So um, it's very difficult. I I just think that most most of it was just uh, pandering to the to the people that wanted it or trying to get it legalized and. <laughs> You know what makes me laugh is that like 60% of the people in Utah across the border to go get lottery tickets in Idaho and Utah loses all that money, but they, but they'll pass the marijuana law and then Idaho won't pass the money, you know, marijuana. Law. So it's like, it's just weird. So let's take what's legal, which is alcohol versus what's illegal in a lot of the country marijuana so let's come let's compare crime statistics right there yeah what's the worst alcohol is far worse than any marijuana drug 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, so, I mean, I used to work in the casinos in Nevada, and I'd see these people who were gambling their money away and getting all pissed off. In in the meantime, you know how it is in a casino. If you're gambling, they they bring you free drinks. You know, as long as you're mm-hmm. gambling, they'll and they keep they keep bringing them. They keep bringing them. And these guys get drunk and pissed off. A lot of them get very belligerent. I've seen them have to be escorted out or arrested or something for their behavior. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. just think about this. There, you know, if the cocktail waitress was out there handing out joints. Instead, instead of all these drinks, I mean, mm. I, I think I think we'd see an improvement. I think, yeah, people still lose their money, but they won't be as violent. Well, I grew up in a, and grew up in, uh, and saw a lot of alcohol, so hence I don't drink. But I think, and I've seen a lot, a lot of people that suffer from alcoholism. It's it's a curse. And, and and I think, like in Utah, they dropped the, I think it's down to 2% alcohol per per, al- per drink, I think. So what happens is people drink more and more and more to get that high. You land up being an alcoholic because after a while, your liver's shot. And all they're doing is just topping up on the first one. They're back to normal again, back to that belligerent person. That's an alcoholic for you. And... Yeah, alcohol is is a, is a drug of in its own right. However, they never use the term overdose with alcohol, but uh, I think it it would fit well with alcohol poisoning, which which exactly. I've I've seen happen. And I got to tell you, I seen that happen on one shot of moonshine by somebody, alcohol poisoning mm. people. One shot of yeah. moonshine. And I'm not going to say alcohol is 100% bad because it actually can be used as a remedy in 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 many situations, but mm-hmm. but it, uh, it's too easily abused. Now you take marijuana. Marijuana is not addictive. It's it uh, you know I don't see people who are stoned wanting to get up and and fight. I think. Uh, Mostly, what they do is they in, they invest in a bunch of junk food and laziness. That's the bad side, is it can make you pretty lazy mm-hmm. if you don't if you don't watch it. Yeah, and it can contribute to obesity with with those that have the munchies, you know. But uh, yeah. but for for the fact that uh, you know it's proven to help relieve pain and. And it's it's been great for headaches and things like that, and it's it's nonviolent. Now, I do agree that you shouldn't drive while while doing it. And you, you, if you're caught driving while stoned, it should be a DUI. I, I that should be a law if it's if it's legalized. You know what's you know funny, Bill? Have you ever seen a guy driving very fast that's drunk? Then not drunk, but uh, high. Most of the time, they're driving so slow because they think every day going so fast. You get somebody with alcohol, he's doing the opposite. And not only that, too, but, uh, I mean, every time I've been shit-faced drunk, I'm seeing doubles. I'm I'm not coordinated, you know, and, I, you know, you can't imagine trying to drive under those conditions, but some people are actually dumb enough to do it. And... Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you can't. They caught a lady. They caught a lady here in Utah a couple of years ago. She had 3.8 in her bloodstream. She should have been dead. Taking a kid to school in the morning. It is. Isn't that just unbelievable? Unbelievable. She'd been drinking all night. Was still shit faced and was trying to take the kid to school. She was 3.8. And they arrested her. How the hell did she even drive to this? I mean, how did she even function? Yeah. She <laughs> must have been drinking that thing meat. Now, also, I'm going to say this too, getting back to the opioids. Let's mm-hmm. let's take the rioting out of the factor. Let's take Black Lives Matter and Antifa out of the factor. And all all that mm-hmm. bullshit. If George Floyd wasn't on the crap that he was on, fentanyl is another one that he and he was on. Mm-hmm. If he wasn't on any of that, you realize he might be and alive to this very day if he wasn't on that crap? Mm-hmm. Yep. The, um, if only we could find out the truth about that whole situation, because it sounds like he was already in cardiac arrest before he even got to the flow. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know... The- that's why I couldn't see what compounded the problem is that idiot putting his knee into his throat or his back like that just compounded the problem killing the guy yeah and the these these drugs that doctors are given you know when i was younger i was put on ritalin and that stuff made me Mm. that made me feel like shit you know it did it did nothing good for me you know, you, you know that's just an, that that Ridlin stuff. I think it's just an excuse for for people because in America you can't spank your kids because you go to jail and you call a you call a bad parent. But believe me, I got, I had purple ass every damn day because my parents beat the shit out of me and I never turned out with nothing wrong with me. And they didn't have to give me Ritalin to shut me up. All they had to do is spank my ass. I never did it again. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That that's the way it was dealt with. It dealt with me. It was at 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 the end of a belt. You know when I did that's wrong. Exactly. Yep. Come in the room with that little thin leather belt and beat the snot out of you. And when you went to school, if you did something wrong. And we went to like prep schools. You had to wear a uniform to school. There was no Nike and all that Reebok stuff or nothing like that. You went to school in a school uniform. This was back in Africa. And if you did, you talked in class, off you went to the office. You bent over and he'd whack you two times with a, with a, with a cane. And you'd go back. If you skipped school, you got six. If you did something, you caught smoking, you got four. You got you got your ass whipped. You didn't mess around at school. You went to school. Back when you were supposed to go to school to actually learn something. Exactly. You know. When I came to the United States, I was shocked to see that the the junior school looked like a university in Africa. The high school looked like the the president's 
house, you know, that kind of thing. I was shocked. I couldn't believe kids had had playgrounds like like that and and computers in the in the in the schools and and carpets and and you know at least the heaters on there. We sat on bare floors with bare tables, bare chair, and a chalkboard in the freezing cold, and we had to deal with it all the way through to high school. Yes, indeed. And if you stepped out of line, you got your ass with both there and at home. It was a matter of morality, is what it was. That's right. And morality is morality and common sense are basically gone. Yeah. Yes, sir, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, sir. Three bags full, sir. You know, you never stepped out of line. You you bent. You ever called your mother something wrong? You ever said anything wrong? Like you said, called your mother. And I've heard kids call their mothers hoes before. I couldn't believe it. Or, or the mother fumigation. You know, you say that, you said that over there. Every kid's mother in that neighborhood was here. Heard about that? You weren't allowed to play in those with those kids ever. You were banned. You were never allowed. You were done. Yeah. If you ever went to date a girl and you didn't open the door, you could forget it, buddy. You'll never date another girl again. And you ever insulted your mother or somebody else's mother? Every parent in that neighborhood beat your ass to you. You just never did it. Yeah. And you, you, you were polite, you know? It's like in bars. You never just go, you never smacked a woman in a bar. Oh, my God. Did You'd be beat before you. You wouldn't make it to your car. You'd be broken legs, broken arms, and she'd be taken away by some other guy and taken home. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and those days, yeah. You just don't do that stuff. But nowadays, our kids have more rights than the parents. Hence, the kids are all walking around. They don't know who they are. They don't know if they're male or female. They don't know. They don't know if they're half a half or half a half or they the half a boys. You don't know if they're girls or boys. They dress like girls with Bermuda pants. They all speak like squeaky little voices like girls. You don't know what they are. And and then they're telling, preaching, they're teaching our kids this stuff, and the schools. No wonder we got a problem. What happens if we ever have a war? What we're going to give them lipstick to go fight with? <laughs> yeah, please. please. Riddling, lipstick and riddling. Here we go, go fight the war. It always fascinates. That's another thing that got me when I was in Iraq. You give an eighteen-year-old kid a twenty million dollar killing machine, right? A tank. He goes out there and he starts shooting up places, killing people, doing whatever. Comes back to the camp. Oh, you're 18. You can't drink. You can't smoke. That's bullshit. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Kid standing in the road, cars barreling at him, right? He doesn't know what to do. He's screaming at the guy, stop, stop, stop. And if you're in Iraq, buddy, if there's a line, there ain't no line. These guys don't know how to stand a cue. So they just Overtake each other, overtake, till there's like cars coming at you six at a time from six different directions. Down the sidewalk, over between the trees, they don't care. They just want to get to the front. They don't understand traffic laws. There's this kid trying to stop the road. He's 18 years old. He's scared. He doesn't know if there's a car bomb coming. And he's trying to stop this family. And this dude's just barreling at him, trying to get past all this traffic. So he fires the first shot. 
The idiot doesn't hear the shot. Too much commotion going on. He sticks the next shot through the engine. He's still coming. Kate kills the whole family, shoots everybody. Stops the vehicle. He gets arrested for murder. Doesn't make sense. So the next kid. No, yeah. So the next kid goes over there. The other kid, he's in the he's in the happy house now with his hands behind his back, getting court martialed for killing an innocent bunch of people because they wouldn't listen. They're coming at him. Now the next kid standing on the side of the road there, he's got his rifle out. He's screaming stop, and he won't pull the trigger. Guess what? He's, he gets killed because it's a car bomb. Yeah, it's, it just doesn't that, make any sense at all, really. No. So all these kids were stressed out, stressed to the limit because they couldn't trust their own people. How do you do that to people? And then, and then we come home. All of us come home. Because they changed the government, they put the Democrats in there, and they put Obama in there. Obama's not born in, in the United States. He was born in Kinshasa. Everybody knows it. It's all a big cover-up. He was called the gay, what was it? He was called the gay, uh, dope-smoking foreigner, right? <laughs> he lands up being the president of the United States. Guess what he did? He spat on all those soldiers in Afghanistan and Iraq. He spat on them, more all like, the dead ones. More like, sh more like all the shit on them. More like, yep. And then all the half a million guys walking around right now, every single day, three of them are committing suicide because they have nowhere to go and they're so disillusioned about what's going on. And they got people burning their flags, spitting on our statues, spitting on our constitution and saying stuff that, that is just unheard of. And then you got Black Lives Matter that's a communist organization run by two gay women. And people want us to go go bow down to them. I'm here in Utah and in, in, up there at the university, they've got the gay flag all over the place and everybody's got Black Lives Matter stuck on their houses. And they haven't got a clue what they just so insane that they actually want communism. Communism. It's just, have they not learned anything from Venezuela, from Russia, from East Germany, from all these other places? It, it's unbelievable. And then they want to talk to me about, well, you need to respect. Why, if you put any color in front of me and tell me I must respect you straight away, I'm going to tell you you're a racist. Because if you say you got Black Lives Matter, or and I say, what about White Lives Matter, you get pissed off, that proves to me you're a racist. If you say you got black awards, I got white awards, and you're going to say I'm a racist. So who's right? As far as I'm concerned, these, Demo these, these Democrats are the biggest traitors this country's ever had. And I wouldn't be surprised if the KKK is behind the whole thing because who started it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who started it? The KKK. The, and another thing people don't realize. The Democrats. Because Biden... Biden himself, Biden, 49, how many years he's been here? 49 years. He's done absolutely nothing for black people. In fact, he promoted the fact, if you go back, there's a YouTube channel, Biden versus Biden. It's, it's on YouTube where he, they ask him a question and what he says today and what he said before about putting people in jail. He put more black people in jail than anybody else. Then Kamala Harris, that's another thing. 
She comes from California. It, she made a career out of putting black people in jail. While we have President Trump, who's actually working on prison reform and, and helping inmates, mm -hmm. they've... And helping them get re re rehabilitated so they don't have to go back. Exactly. Exactly. And 50% of the prisoners in the, in, the, in the jails today are in there for marijuana. Yeah. For selling marijuana. Now they should be released. I I do want to I do want to ask you, Craig. I mean, if there's what pharmaceutical drugs do you think should be taken completely out of the Oxycontin. pharmacies? Oxycons for sure. Fentanyl. Oxycontin and fentanyl out. They should should be absolutely banned completely. Or in the problem when you ban it, guess what happens? Well, they, of course, I mean, we have to deal with the black market, but uh, we yeah. got, we, you know, it's just proven that time and time again, that these drugs don't help anybody. Now, I don't think, I do think it's a necessity to prescribe painkillers like, like, uh, lower tabs, lower tabs are great mm -hmm. because they're, they're, you know, some people. I think they said that uh, they can't. They can get a high. I never got high off of a off of a, a lower tab. I and mm. it and it killed my pain. You know, I'm not going to say that it's 100 percent a good thing, but but you know, lower mm. lower tab did the job, and it's not half as potent as an oxycotton. You know, and and yep. uh, you know, it's oh, like you think about it. You know, the eye drops they put in your eye when they did in your eye to work on it. Yeah. It's cocaine. Why? Why are they doing this? That that's, you know, it's there. It's like if it's an if it's a natural herb like marijuana, or even like ginseng is another one that uh, I think they tried to criminalize at one time, because you can. Mm -hmm. I I try. You know, I used to get ginsengs. Um, you know, like ginseng juice or whatever. You know, you mm -hmm. and and it's. You know, you, caffeine obviously not that good for you, and I, I, I don't. I'm not a coffee drinker. I do like soda, mind you, but um, you know, ca drink enough caffeine, and you, you get wired up, and you really don't feel that great. Take it, take a ginseng mm -hmm. uh, made of natural herbs, wide mm -hmm. wide awake, it's and and you feel great. You know, what is it? A ginseng? What is it? A ginseng tea or? Oh, you can drink it in a tea or they have it in a pill form, you know, and it's all natural. Mm -hmm. It's all natural herbs yeah. from, uh, uh, that's something good that came out of China is, is ginseng. Mm -hmm. you, you know, yeah, so, I used that. Uh, I used that when I was fighting. I used to take the paste, the cream. Yeah. I would mix it. I would mix it with Vaseline and, and, and linseed oil and put it in the fridge. And then I would roll my shins with a with a with a coke bottle till they were raw, and then I would rub that in, and then I start another leg. Because when I was kickboxing, it would it would help your legs build up um, um, like an, like dead tissue. So when you kick somebody, it didn't hurt so bad. Yes, you know. So it would like. 
they would it would smooth out that pain for a while. Well, you know, just getting back to my my next door neighbor last week, who, um, yeah, you know, just to tell just tell the story of of what I had to witness is, uh, you know, my mm. my daughter comes in and tells me something's wrong. I was gonna go in, I, and my my thought was, well, I'm I, if he's laying down, I'm I'm just gonna check his pulse, I'm maybe shake him, see if I can wake him up. But when I mm. I went in the room, I saw the position he was laying in, and something wasn't right about that. So I'm not going to touch him. I'm going to look at his face first before I touch him. And mm-hmm. he, and his skin is blue. His eyes are wide open. Like oh fuck, he's dead. He's fucking dead. He there's mm-hmm. he, he's gone. There's nothing I can do for him. My and my wife, who's you know CPR certified, she's like. No, he's gone. There's nothing we can do, you know. And yeah. and the fact that there was a bottle of his mother's oxycontin. Who his mother is a senior citizen with uh, with health conditions who who actually needs something for her pain. And I find it very mm. very criminal that the doctors are giving her that shit. Yeah, it's too easy this way. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, no disrespect to his family because I've become, become really good friends to his family, but I'm sorry, he fucked up and died from his own stupidity. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is that his mother's prescribed on that shit in the first place when it's not even good for her. You see, that's the thing is doctors are supposed to do things that are supposed to help you, which in other words, let's just yeah. break it down to simpler terms. Doctors are supposed to give you things that are good for you. Yeah. This shit is not good for you. No, because they're selling the drugs. They're not, they're not prescribing the drugs. They're just selling the drugs. They're making money out of them. They'll get a commission from Yeah. That's what's wrong with that medical system. It's not about looking after people. It's not about caring. It's about selling it. Listen, the entire medical system is all based on money. It's not about fixing people. We're the most powerful country in the world, richest country in the world, and we've got the worst medical system. Why? Because back in the 1950s, they went to private medical insurance. We had government medical insurance. We didn't have private medical. People don't remember. They suddenly forget it. But the United States was actually, uh, uh, um, you had Medicare, and you just went there and you got yourself fixed. And the government decided, well, you know what? Well, when we privatize it, it'll be luck keeper. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because they conned somebody in the, in, in government to do it. Go back and check. I'm telling you, I ain't lying. We already had medical insurance that was government funded and the taxpayers paid for it. Now let's, let's. We didn't even have taxes in those days. Let's take. Somebody came yeah. up with. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah. Well, but... um, let's take uh, HIV and AIDS into consideration. Now, um, we've, mm-hmm. we've made a lot of advances since uh, AIDS was discovered in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, and AIDS is pretty much, they say AIDS is the new diabetes. But the medication that they give for people who have HIV and AIDS, and I, mm-hmm. I got a story here for you. Now, 
there's they call it the AIDS cocktail or something, and it uh, it mm-hmm. does it 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 helps, but but the side effects of this medicine it deforms their skin. Mas- mm-hmm. Many of them the kidney. Lo- lose their hair, you know. Mm-hmm. Now there was. There was a man you probably find, I don't know where you can find this, but there was a man who was dying of full blown AIDS. And, um, part of his problem was he was malnourished because he wasn't hungry. You know, he had no appetite. He starts, Mm. he starts smoking weed, starts smoking marijuana. All of a sudden, because, because he, he's smoking the weed, he's getting the munchies and getting an appetite. So he actually does it right, and he doesn't eat a bunch of junk food and crap. You know, he eats he eats the white chicken, he eats the the salads and the vegetables and all that. To this very day, we're talking a man who was dying of full blown AIDS. He started smoking marijuana. Mm. To this very day, he's now to undetectable HIV. Wow. I mean that that's a miracle story right there, but yet they want to keep yeah. marijuana criminalized. It's the same as cancer. Though. They 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 all know that the radiation doesn't work. <laughs> Excuse me. They all know that the radiation doesn't work. So what do they do? They radiate these people to get the last cent out of them. They know they're gonna die. I haven't heard of anybody that's ever survived that shit. Because they all die in the end. They get that remission for a little bit. Hair falls out. They all get smiling and happy. Oh, they think it's gone, but it always comes back. I got a family. And fa- then they radiate them again. I got a family member who went through that shit. First bout of cancer. Went through radiation. Yeah. Went through chemo and all that bullshit. And survived another 10 years. And then it came back tenfold stronger and just consumed her. Yep. That there is a there is a cure for cancer. They refuse to do it because it's, it's not going to make money. Exactly, exactly. You know you and and that's why they're the FDA and uh, and people like that. You know, Food Drug Administration and 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 the medical experts just seem to want to take such a strong stance against what is natural and just keep on pushing dangerous chemicals. And that is, that is no, criminal. I'm going to tell you something. It, this, it's not new, but it's been around for a while. Oxygen. You take nitrox pills and you push oxygen, nitrogen through your body. It kills everything. When I was in Iraq, I was taking that stuff like, Buckets full every day. I never got sick. I never took the flu shot. I never took anything. I walked amongst hundreds of people every day. Never got sick. Never. Okay. I was taking, and and it's mostly from the, like pre-workout stuff you get for the gym. You can buy it now in pill form, like the nitrox, and I still take it. If you take that, you pushing oxygen through your bloodstream. It's killing everything. Some people are even going into those chambers that have got cancer and, and just going into oxygen chambers for a week. Cancer disappears. What does that tell you? Says a lot right there. And it's, uh, I can understand 
you got to understand uh, too is just looking at it from the eyes the the business side right there oh shit we're gonna lose money we can't have that mm -hmm. there was a doctor that came up with a drug that stopped feeding the blood vessels to the cancer cells right he was trying to get it um fda approved that disappeared he found a way to starve the cancer cells from blood. They don't grow without blood. He found a way to shrink them by not allowing them to be to grow. By uh, he had some kind of drug that he had developed that stopped the cancer from getting blood vessels or blood flow to them. How he did it, I don't know. But anyway, it was it was on the internet for a while, and suddenly it just vanished. And I'm yet to find it again. But that was that was years ago. Where is that today? Nobody talks about it. They're still radiating everybody. Yes. <clears throat> Look at AIDS. AIDS is like MS. Just the reverse. And then you got uh, what's this other stuff? Uh, um, lupus. Lupus is when your immune system attacks your system. It all becomes... Your, your immune system is actually overdoing itself and then starts attacking your body. But guess what happens with lupus? You get high blood pressure. Then they give you high blood pressure pills, and guess what that does? Kills your kidneys. And uh, lots and lots of these people are on kidney dialysis because of that. Guess what stops that high blood pressure? Marijuana. Yes, indeed. Well, Craig. But they won't give it to me. Yeah, I hate to say this, but once again, we're out of time. Um, if you like, uh, before we hit the next music set where we have a tribute to the great Eddie Van Halen, um, if you could please um, uh, give your give yourself a plug again, your YouTube and your Twitter. Yeah, I'm on uh, just the Hawk on Twitter, and just call me Hawk on YouTube. I mainly talk about South Africa and sanctions and what's going on, the terrible things that are going on there, a communist government that hates America, but we keep giving them aid and we need to stop. Yes, indeed. Just um, uh, All right. Well, Craig, I really appreciate you coming onto the show and uh, putting your two cents into this because this is a, this is indeed another very important subject uh, that, uh, I'm going to be talking a lot about in the near future as well. So, yeah, yeah, we need to bring it, bring it more yeah. home to people that, you know, I just leave you with a little story. We had a family come stay with us that lost, lost all their stuff, and their daughter was on oxycotton, so we knew that she was after all the pain pills. So we replaced all the pain pills with uh, laxatives. Her dad come running and, oh, my poor daughter's sick. I don't know what's wrong. And hey, we told him why. He drank about six of them. But she felt better in the end, right? Yeah, well, she did shit through the eye of a needle for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> that right. told her a lesson. Yes. <laughs> uh, th <laughs> well, th thank you very I'm much, Hawk. <laughs> All right, take care, buddy. You All right, Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Crime Stories with the Hawk, Craig Montgomery. And, of course, this last week uh, we lost a legend in, 
Eddie Van Halen. So this next mu uh, music set, uh, we got Van Halen in the mix, uh, including a song that Eddie Van Halen did with LL Cool J. And we also have Jade Marie Patek, India Morel, and Cashbox. Be right back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... You mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan. <laughs>
Eddie Van Halen. Say the crossing of Gibson with the Fender was a conscious, uh, you know, out of necessity because there was no guitar on the market that did what I wanted. So that was a necessity. The paint job was not a necessity. Uh, potting the pickup, I have no idea what made me think that. Uh, so then I had a guitar, uh, and I used to work at a music store uh, delivering pianos and organs, and one day a Marshall amp comes in. And I've only seen pictures of these things, you know? Only Eric Clapton, gods play these, you know? Not, not kids on the street. Um, and I said, I gotta have that amp. So I worked all summer to buy that amp, and uh, we were already too loud, as it were. Okay? I'm sure your now, neighbors loved you. Now I have a 100-watt Marshall that was so damn loud that I did everything from face and backwards to leave it face down, you name it. And we'd be auditioning in clubs, and nah, your guitarist is too psychedelic, too loud, and too much uncontrolled energy, and blah, 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 you know, all this stuff because I was just too damn loud. Outlaw Radio remembers Eddie Van Halen. If a task is most begun, never leave it till it's done. Be thy neighbor great or small.
from your girl to your wife now Hot the wrist right now Million dollar house with the cost now Baby, I'll ride for you And I thought he had my back How to die for you When we first met I saw you rolling in your seats Had a lot of cheese Didn't give a shit Guess you had my heart from the start Never let another bitch tear us apart Now I'm thinking about the days when you used to do me wrong Sitting up at home till six in the morning He stay on the grind, out hustling all the time Yeah, fuck you with the mother hoes You need to get your mind right He wants his back, he wants his back Should I give it to him? He wants his back, he wants his back Should I give it to him? Yourself, he gonna respect you too. So if a man ain't treating you right, you gotta gotta get out of there. Don't stay, you know. Especially when you wanna take stuff back. We ain't feeling that. <laughs> you think I'm giving it back? I don't know. I ain't getting back. <laughs> I'm keeping it. <laughs> he wants dance back. He wants dance back. Rolling 
USAC Incorporated, the United South Africa Coalition, comprises groups and individuals around the world working together to create public global awareness of the genocide in South Africa and to develop community restoration programs that will make South Africa a safe place for all races to thrive. USAC works to inform world leaders of the present-day conditions in South Africa through documents, news reports, images, videos, publications, petitions, and witness statements to unite with South African leaders to bring meaningful assistance to people in South Africa, to educate and develop trade schools to improve the quality of life in South Africa, to enact employment laws that are fair and equal for all in South Africa, and to work on trade development projects to improve South Africa's economy. To join USAC and for more information about USAC and what you can do, visit usac.center. This is The Renegade Show. You have three different scenarios here, and I'll give them to you. 
No, I said scenarios, not Cheerios. Coming to you coast to coast and around the world on your favorite radio station. How did you get Cheerios from scenarios? All right, it's time for the Renegade Pick of the Week countdown. Here we go, counting it down all the way to number one. Who farted? Yeah, we'd like to welcome you to the Renegade family. Does anybody even remember Doogie Hauser? I think it's fair to warn you that by listening to this show, you're committing a misdemeanor in four states. Three children are asking their parents where babies come from, two children run away, and one mother ends up crying by the end of the show. This is the Renegade Show. Go to Facebook.com slash Radio Chris Master to find out days, times, and stations of where you could catch the Renegade Show. Hey, everybody, it's your boy West Dog from the GF6 Show reminding you to check us out on the baddest station on the planet. For station and broadcast times, go to www.gf6.com. That's G-F-S-I-X.com. You know what we do. Blow it up. How about a mask that actually works, that doesn't cover your face, that stops viruses, bacteria, fumes, and dust before they can hit your face? Our invisible mask, available at ctmstore.com, is not like the ones you see in public these days. The invisible mask is a pendant that hangs from your neck and emits a cloud of negative ions that effectively blocks pollutants and airborne contaminants. You charge it with the included USB cable and enjoy it for hours before it needs recharging. People are raving about its effectiveness. One lady was admitted into a courtroom with it. Go to ctmstore.com and get yours. And something else. Are you really aware of the dangerous fields surrounding you at home and work? If you are and want to mitigate their effects, go to ctmstore.com and click 5G Quantum Protection. Norbert Heuser has developed a unique set of plates, a small one for your auto's key ring and a large one for your home or office. These devices change the incoming EMR from potentially harmful to less or none. The study docs are there for you to read for yourself. Go to ctmstore.com to get yours. From the bowels of a nondescript building in a little hick town, this is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in the mood to deal with you today, you stupid All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take a shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. Hunter Athletic, Gear Up Let's Train, and USAC, the United South Africa Coalition. Go to USAC.center for more information. The songs you just heard, you just heard Cashbox with Iron Mountain Train. Before that, India Morel with X-Drama. Before that, Jade Marie Patek with Calling My Name. Before that, LL Cool J with Eddie Van Halen and We're the Greatest. And starting off the whole set, Van Halen with Right Now. And may Eddie Van Halen rest in peace. Yes, indeed. One of the greatest when he picked up a guitar, that's for sure. So in just a little bit, we will get into News of the Weird slash Shower Thoughts. Uh, But I want to talk about a couple of things here. Uh, First off... Drickus still knocks Duplessis. If you remember, I interviewed him on the Badlands Combat Sports Radio Show back in 2014, and um, well, he yeah he was the uh, UFC or excuse me EFC middleweight and uh, 
former welterweight champion, made his uh, debut in the UFC and uh, did it with a very impressive knockout. Uh, let's check out some highlights here. Uh, let's see. Let's see. If it starts correctly, give the me... difference with Duplessis is he was signed to another organizer. Oh! He wow. does so well under pressure. Backslapped him. Lands the clean punches that he needs wow. to. Woo! He is happy with that. Yes, indeed. So he uh, he had a very impressive showing in his UFC debut. But uh, what was more important was uh, what he said before the fight as he talks about what's happening. And no, this is a great... As, yeah, I hate the way these uh, some of these uh, audio clips just start to, on their own. But, uh, yeah, he was talking about uh, his home country of South Africa and the things going on there. And let's take a listen and hear what he had to say. And, you know, this is a great opportunity for me to step up and fight on the biggest scale in the world and to talk about things. I mean, South Africa is going through so much. Uh, if you look at a political stance, uh, we have four murders that's, that's really taking the whole country by storm it's 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 something unbelievable people are getting murdered daily and it's really it's almost like uh i feel because it's africa a lot of the world doesn't see it and it's like nobody in the world really knows what's going on there and i just want to shout out to, to south africa to my south african people the folks and say guys stay strong uh we can we can beat this battle and i just i just i just get this opportunity on the biggest stage in the world to say let's stop the farm murders and i want the world to see what's happening in south africa and it's such a beautiful country it's really one of the most beautiful countries in the world that's being ruined by by, by, by stuff like this and we don't need that and let's stick together as a country let's stick together as humanity and, and let's beat this thing so yeah he's speaking about the farm murders that i have talked about numerous times on this show and then uh, just uh, just a little over a week ago, too, it was a young kid, 21-year-old kid by the name of Brendan Horner in the, uh, I believe he's in the Free State Province of uh, South Africa, and uh, he um, was ambushed by a group of thugs, and they, um, well, they, they tortured the shit out of him, killed him, and left him tied to a pole. Such a fucking shame what's going on over there. And uh, ho hopefully we can, uh, we can do something, you know, hopefully President Trump will do something to intervene to help put a stop to all this violence that's going on over there. You know, and I was looking at uh, a few other things too that uh, we have have to worry about now we've got uh, nancy pelosi who was uh to announce the bill on the 25th amendment and uh basically wants to uh she wants to get the senate get and uh get the congress all and you know to put together new bills that's going to help uh take uh president trump out of office because we know in the upcoming election that uh, really when it comes to biden versus trump uh, trump's gonna trump's gonna steal this whole thing and so and they know it they know they're in trouble they know that uh, they've they cannot possibly uh 
win this election at all. And they're going to do what they can to steal this election. They're going to they're going to cheat any way they can. I mean, to the way as as dirty as they want to get, there's just absolutely no limits to that whatsoever. You know, and they really want to do what they can to uh, fill their pocketbooks and even more importantly, uh, turn us into this uh, communist nation that, uh, you know, will, will not be good for any of us whatsoever. And it's a very, very scary thought that, uh, you know, if, if Joe Biden gets in office, he's not going to be able to be president because he's not healthy enough. Kamala Harris, on the other hand, parents are not, we're not American citizens, so she's only good for the vice presidency and uh, she, she's corrupt as hell too. So, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi wants that position in the White House. And she has proven time and time again that she is just completely evil. And she, if she gets in there, it is not going to be good. It's not going to be good at all. So, anyway, with all that said... I think it's time for news of the weird slash shower thoughts. This is Outlaw Radio. News of the weird. From the Outlaw Radio newsroom, of course, it's Bad Billy. And let's get into the shower thoughts. All right, as I'm waiting for the page to load. <laughs> All right. Mouths are the new... Okay, mouths are the new boobs. It's only okay to expose them in public for the purpose of feeding. <laughs> Money doesn't buy happiness, but it does take away obstructions which prevent it. Parents notice your fake friends before you do. The fact we need a partner to reproduce is evolution asking for a second opinion. All pet rocks started off as strays. Yes, indeed. It is annoying to have to repeat yourself several times, but gratifying to tell a story you have, you have told a million times. Senators aren't held to the same thing. Excuse me. Senators aren't held to the same testing standards as football players. Uh, they should be held to IQ testing to start with a lot of them. It's been 10 years since 10, 10, 10. So October 10th, 2010. It's been 10 years since then. Think about that. <laughs> uh, 
the day you cut your nails always seems to be the same day you you need your nails for something. Rebuilding a broken Lego set is, is way harder than building an entire new one. Your pet watches you do weird stuff and still loves you. The older we get, the less... Excuse me. The older we get, the less time imprisonment is a deterrent. <laughs> one minute of working out reminds us how long one minute is. That's very true, especially when you're training MMA. <laughs> if Magneto was gay... He could use Wolverine as a sex slave whenever he wanted. Oh, why did you have to say something like that? Holy shit. You know what? I'm sorry. I got a, I got a cue. Inappropriate! <laughs> if you ever wanted a famous song, chances are people have died while listening to it, making your voice the last they ever heard. If we could suddenly talk to animals, a lot of people would find out very quickly just how bad of an owner we are. Squirrels are middle-class rats. Fucking rodents, but yeah. So far in human history, cats... Fuck that. It's got words I can't pronounce. I'm not even going to go into it. <laughs> All body parts sold on the dark web secondhand. The children's songs about McDonald's farm tell us what he had, but there's no explanation as to what the hell happened to his farm. Whenever you try to hate on your whenever you try to hate on your brain saying Things like, come on, brain, you can't, can't do the math. Since your brain is forming every thought, it's just your brain roasting itself. Ancient orgies must have had serious pregnancy implications. All right, you know what? I've got to do it again. Yep. Humanity has a history of expecting too much from the future. Learning to step in and when to mind your own damn business are two of the most important things you could ever learn. The Nightmare Before Christmas would have been a lot less interesting or at least very different if Jack Skeletons fancied a different tree in the orchard. All right. Biting your tongue is literally tasting pain. First is one of uh, first fire is one of the few technologies that will never become obsolete. The first plastic created has not been decomposed. A six-hour car ride feels considerably longer than playing video games for a six-hour straight. There is a point where you stop caring 
about how wet you are from the rain. After you're in it for a while, just say the hell with it. Jack Black would beat, or excuse me, Jack Black would beat, defeat Jack White in a jack-off. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, where do they come up with some of this shit? 3 a.m. water tastes much better in the middle of the of the day. Or excuse me, 3 a.m. water tastes so much better in the middle of the day. Sleep is the prime example of faking it until you make it. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette while driving a Prius seems like a conflict of interest. Out of all alternative realities, we live in one where someone said th that they want to make a spy movie about cars and a major film studio let them do it. Mothers Against Drunk Driving implies that there are mothers who are for drunk driving. Well, I don't know about that. Among Us is actually a sophisticated who farted game. <laughs> you think? <laughs> oh, God. The word verb is a noun describing things that are not nouns. A food truck is the opposite of a food... Of, a food truck is the opposite of a drive through Shame is used relentlessly in our society. A day includes the night, but a night does not include the day. All right. Somehow, our proofreading capabilities increases. Oh, fuck that. More words I can't pronounce. No, not going to try. I'm not in the mood for it. <laughs> Trees are really loud. You wouldn't think of them as a loud thing, but often they're all you can hear when you're outside. The sun will never set if you run west fast enough. A bartender's job is to poison people. Pick your poison. Yes, indeed. Probably one of the main contributors of young child's of Probably one of the main contributors of young child's fear of eating fruit was the thought that of a fruit tree growing outside their stomach or growing inside their stomach. As we know, that's impossible. People go vegan because they respect animals. Meanwhile, animals in wildlife rip each other apart for dinner. Complaining is easy. Fighting for change is hard. Actual changing is the hardest. And ain't that the motherfucking truth right there. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will do it for News of the Weird. And as for what's on tap next week is yet to be determined, ladies and gentlemen. Don't have anything set up, but Hey, you know that can change. I've actually been talking a little bit to Drickus Duplessis 
uh, before before the fight, and he st- has agreed to an interview on Outlaw Radio, but uh, I've just got to figure out a perfect time, you know, that uh, I can talk to him. Anyway, that's going to do it. We're going to end the show with FM Racket and their cover of the uh, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube classic, Natural Born Killers. Thank you very much for tuning in to Outlaw Radio, and I'll be back next week. Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's why you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to piss up a rope. We give you our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? This is Outlaw Radio.
could hear it both break. He stepped in a single door, got his ass whipped with 20 lashes, like the dude whooped in Singapore. So I'ma pull a fucking deadly dogger. Now it's suicidal, just like a lot now. Tick tock, tock, tick tock, tick. It's the fucking six squad on some murdering shit. Keeping niggas in order, making their lives shorter. Ready to slaughter. Listen to me, I'm like with a quarter of a dime. Fuck who's got my mind. Hallucinating, ain't no debating. I'm creating an escape route to be out without a doubt. Scott free, so don't even think about trying to stop me. I can't wait, I'm out the gate. On the forilla, a thriller for my natural pillar. Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. Do you own a business? Or perhaps you're in a band. Or maybe you run a radio show or podcast. Whatever you do, you want to market your brand with custom-made apparel. Look no further than fresh-baked tees. T-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, caps, beanies, koozies, banners, and even masks. You can get them all custom-made from fresh-baked tees. Prices are reasonable and negotiable. Simply go to freshbakedtees.com, submit your logo, and place your order today. Hey, yo, check out Corrupt All Around Radio with Nick Brockmeyer, the CBDJ. He's been part of the rap, rock, and hip-hop underground scene for over a decade. Corrupt All Around Radio sizzles through your speakers. Corrupt All Around Radio spotlights the best of new music from up-and-coming national acts on national tours, as well as existing bands that are still out rocking the industry. Corrupt All Around Radio gives these bands love and respect, playing their music and interviews from the road. For all the 411, visit Instagram.com, Facebook.com, and Twitter.com forward slash Corrupt TV Radio. And check out the underscore CBDJ on Instagram. Corrupt All Around Radio! Proud to be a part of the Roctagon Sports and Music Network. I've been told that black women aren't supposed to support the Second Amendment. I've been told I shouldn't want to be able to protect myself. I shouldn't teach my fellow students about their rights. And I shouldn't speak my mind. Thank God I didn't listen. To all those who have called me a sellout, an Uncle Tom, or a pawn for someone else, here's what should scare you. I never changed my beliefs. I woke up and realized that you don't represent them. You don't speak for me, and you don't think for me. I am not the victim you need me to be. And I'm talking to more women like me every single day. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. 
Hi, it's the Big Voice Guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt, at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 208-957-7016. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at outlawradioabs.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Well, here I am sitting on a porch writing another song. like me Man, can't you see Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. 